Hey everybody, welcome back. Let's go Yanks. Um Todd here joined with Joe. Joe, how are you? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Okay. Um Yeah, not too much going on, you know, busy. Busy with work stuff, but uh other than that, I'm doing good. Good. Yeah, I know you're getting settled into kind of a new routine there. Um so that's part of the reason we're recording on Thursday, but we'll get the episode out. Um, tonight, yeah, yeah tonight, so after we're done, so but yeah, let's um talk about a little Yank stuff, a little maybe baseball updates, utility players. All right, uh, just a little disclaimer there may be some background noise, some aircraft in the background, something to that extent. So just uh, just be aware, um, just for the listeners that we may have to take a pause if that happens, but we should be good. So, okay. All right. We'll keep an ear out for those things. Um, but yeah, I know. So we just got through, if you have been following us, um, doing the last couple episodes, looking at the 2013 through 2016 Yanks and just kind of breaking that down while we've got, um, no live baseball happening. And just, so looking at those years that kind of led up to, the Yanks' current team, um, and just some strange years in there. And to have more of a fun, light episode today, we mostly want to talk about some of our favorite or best utility players um, in on the Yanks. Yes. So, um, so I have that. Did you see the thing on? And it wasn't really much of an update, but the judge ct scan that boone talked about recently um i saw that i i didn't really read into it honestly too much i didn't uh like follow up on it but i did see some about boone talking about uh like some injury updates but what do you got on that it, yeah it wasn't too much um different than what you said at the beginning of last episode right um, that's what i thought i think he just more definitively said that later this month judge is going to undergo another CT scan on his injured rib. Um, and that just generally he's encouraged by judges recovery. So I guess we can be on the lookout, on the lookout. for that. Um, okay. and, Good. and just see what, yeah. what comes of that basically. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully it's good news. You know what I mean? Hopefully it's good news. I guess we'll just have to wait it out. I mean, I'm not really too too worried at this point just because of, you know, if this season does happen, it's not – I don't want to say it's not going to be a real season, but it's definitely like – I don't know. I, I'm almost tempted to say it's not going to be a real season. It's going to be like a trial and error, trying out new things, different, different look season for the MLB and just – I don't know, almost like a uh, an experiment season, I guess you could say. But, you know, either way, I'd be happy to see some baseball. Um, but I'm not, you know, too I'm, – I'm almost at this point not too concerned with the, the outcome of the season as long as Yankees players stay healthy. Yeah. And that come 21 season – I even though I hate to say because that's a long time away, but come 20, 2021 season that – um, 
you know, that everyone's healthy and ready for the 21 season and that we get to play a full season. So, yeah, yeah, I hope so too. That's a good, um, I think that's a fair point. I mean, who knows exactly what will come of this season? Um, there's been some stuff going around this week. Uh, for anybody who listens to Talking Baseball by John Boy Media, um, Trevor Plouffe came out with a story that he tweeted, I think, gosh, the beginning of the week or something like that, but that he had gotten texts from multiple players that the possible reopening of baseball would be a June 10th spring training kind of reboot and then a July 1st opening day. Um, And so he kind of broke that story and I heard them talking about it on Talking Baseball. Um, You should definitely check out that episode if you want some more details on it. Um, But then also Jeff Passan, not to be outdone, I guess, put out an article I think yesterday um, that there should be a return to play proposal for baseball sent to the MLB PA within a week. So we'll see what comes out of that. Um, Maybe that will mean some baseball in June and July. The one caveat, I guess, to what I said earlier about it not being a real season is that if it does start in July and they – do some kind of if it starts in July and ends in October like a normal seat like well normal season doesn't start in July but if it ends in October right. like a normal season and then I it's it not a real season to me right but if they extend it into the winter months um, to make it like a full length season with 162 games and they figure out some sort of you know playing at neutral sites on indoor fields so on and so forth come like November December then it's still challenging for me to accept that as a real season because I think part of playing in home and away parks like has a, an effect on obviously on, you know, playing with your home crowd and, and just like the rhythm of you start, you know, spring trainings in the spring, you know what I mean? You start, you go through the summer months, dog days of summer, and then you get into the fall time. I just think it's, it's, it'll definitely, be a weird season you know no matter what but you know if it does end up being a full season somehow if we start playing in neutral sites later in the year and they do i mean i guess it'll count but in in to me it'll just be not like as official as a, a normal season i guess if that makes sense but why don't we um got anything else you got anything other updates on uh what's going on with that though before we dive into the utility map? no i mean it's all just stuff kind of spinning around ideas and possibilities and things like that. Um, So, yeah, unless we wanted to do a whole episode on that. No, not really. Yeah, maybe that's something we could do, though. Once, you know, maybe we'll wait until some more news comes out about, you know, opening opening day or whatever, baseball, spring training, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever news comes out. Maybe we could uh, if we get enough information on that. We could do a little episode on that. On uh, the future, yeah, we could maybe you know we have a debate on whether or not it's going to be a real season once we know there what that'll go. look like. Exactly, get some feedback from our followers. But, anyways, why don't we dive into the utility men, Tato? Why don't you uh, take the lead on it? All right, what do you got? Yeah. So one thing I did want to, just as I was thinking about this, is how would you define? How do you define a utility player? So to me, a utility player 
is someone basically who can be like plug in and play in various positions and various like spots in the lineup. That's how I would classify okay. it. And it doesn't, I don't, I don't think it, they can be a, a star player or they could be kind of like a, I don't want to say scrub, but just like a backup guy. And it, I think that doesn't really matter. They could still be a utility player um, if they're a great player, but if they're able to play multiple positions and if they're able to play or bat in multiple spots in the lineup, one or the other, I think the position thing, though, is really what makes him a utility player because they can be utilized in multiple positions in the field. So I think that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest piece to being a utility players that that being able to play multiple field positions. Okay, all right, gotcha. I like that. So then, would you consider DJ Lemayhew a utility player? Yes, I I would consider him a utility player. That's actually the one, the one guy I was gonna. I, I did some research, or not not really research, but I just pulled up a stat line and want figured we'd compare it to some of the guys that you brought up uh, past utility players for the Yankees, but I would consider him a utility player. Okay. All right. Um, so Nice. So, yeah, I think I was mostly thinking about guys who were kind of like role players, but could play multiple positions. Um, so some guys that I remember really well, um, number one for me would be Miguel Cairo. Do you remember him at all? Um, vaguely. I mean, I don't really remember watching him play. And I mean, I his name. Remember his name? I remember him a little bit being on the team, but I don't really remember like watching him that much, honestly. Okay, so he was on the Yanks in '04, '06, and then part of '07. Um, in '04, he was their primary second baseman. Uh, so that was really where he played most of his games then. Um, played 122 games in total and had a decent season, like 48 runs, six homers, 42 RBIs, 292 average for a guy who wasn't definitely by no means was one of the main guys. Um, but that season he also played third, short, first base. Um, and then in 2006, he played less games, but like played second, first base, shortstop, third, and even one game in the left field. Um, so that was kind of what I was looking at, guys. We played a bunch of positions and just weren't like primary fixtures on the team, um, but guys who you could slide around a lot um, and who helped the team kind of as needed. So I just remember him well. Um, and I remember liking him because I feel like he was a guy who just – played hard and you wanted to root for because you knew he wasn't like one of the main guys. So anything positive he did was something to be excited about. Um, right. And then another guy that I remembered was Louis Soho, um, who was on the Yankees. He actually won four world series with the Yankees between 96 and 2000. Um, so he was a benefit of being in that era. Um, and hit the go-ahead and ultimately the game-winning hit in Game 5 of the 2000 World Series. Um, so he played a bunch of infield positions for the Yankees, um, a ton of second, ton of short, um, and just kind of was moved all around um, the infield as they needed him. And then 
the final guy that I thought of in terms of good utility players, and there's a couple more I'll talk about, but I'll let you get some words in here so to contribute. Right. Um, but just Torres was another guy who I thought of yep. um, who in recent years has been a really a solid utility man for the Yanks playing a lot of different infield positions. And I think he's crossed into the outfield a little bit too. I believe so. Yeah. I, I do think he played some outfield a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, Therese, he was a fun, fun guy to have on the, on the team. Fun guy to watch. Um, really, you know, just small fight, I guess like, I wouldn't say feisty, but small, you know, energetic player. So, um, but yeah, so I, I, you asked me earlier and I said, I think DJ LeMayhew could be qualified as a utility player. Now you can look at it from kind of two ways that, you know, they play multiple positions, um, well, you know what I mean? They, they can be like put in and, and really play any infield position, maybe even some outfield, or you could look at it as like more of a role player. So they're brought in for a specific role. They're not necessarily a starter, but they're brought in for a specific role to like satisfy that utility or that, that need, I guess. But just to some of LeMahieu's stats, because it's a little bit more recent from 2019, his first year with the Yankees, um, he played, let's see, 75 games at second, 52 games at third, and 40 at first, and one game at DH. So Yeah, so he was really moving around. Um, and his fielding percentage at those positions was uh, .993 at second, .963 at third, and .992 at first. So really just a um, solid solid player all those positions you know what I mean yeah um so yeah really just a solid all-around player for any infield position he didn't play so I mean he played all let me think um he didn't play any shortstop though that was the only position he didn't play I'm sure he could if they needed him to but I mean he didn't you know they have Torres they had they had Torres last year and then Didi obviously when he came back so it wasn't really needed, you know, and they had Andujar for third. And so they had they had a lot of infield, you know, guys, and he still played uh, a good amount of games at almost all infield positions. So I think he's um, – I think he falls under that. He can be classified as that utility role, even though he's more of a star player. Um, and then just his, his batting line last year, I mean, he had – let's see – he batted 327, so had a great year. Um, one of his best years. I think like his second best year in terms of batting average. His best year was 2016. He batted 348. Wow. Um, he, but he, this year he had 102 RBIs, 26 homers. That's his most ever. Most ever RBIs and homers. Um, so, I mean, going from Coors Field to Yankee Stadium, both considered hitters hitters parks I guess but it really didn't matter for him I mean he just home and away he just performed so I mean I don't really think that's an effect um I mean maybe he had a couple more home runs the short porch probably helped out a little bit but I mean it's not like all of his homers were there you know what I mean he can really hit the ball anyway he can pull the ball he can poke it opposite field so he's really just a versatile player um uh what else but that's about it but I would consider him 
a utility player. Um, definitely, I guess he's kind of borderline, though, because he's more of a star player. But another guy um, that I would consider a utility player on the current Yankees is Tyler Wade. Um, one, yeah. So, I mean, he can play. He hasn't really been used that much. I mean, he's seen he's seen his share of time in the big leagues, but he hasn't been used um, that much. And let me see if I can pull up his – where he's played um, since he's been on the Yankees. So hold on one sec. Okay, so in 20, he, he's played second base, outfield, short, left field, right field, DH, third base, center field, DH. So, I mean, he's played like everywhere. You know what I mean? Pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, in 2019, he didn't get a lot of playing time. He played, let's, or he actually did get a fair amount. Um, he played 18 games at second base, 18 games, and it just says outfield, uh, 14 in left field. I don't know if that's overlapping. Um, five at third, four at short, two in center, two at DH, two in right field. So I don't know the exact breakdown, but he's played, you know, just last year he played multiple outfield positions, multiple infield positions, and even DH. Yeah. Um, Pretty much done it all except for catching. Yeah, and so I mean he's and he's also oftentimes used as a pinch runner, you know, um, because of his speed. He's very fast. He's a very good base runner. So really, I would definitely consider him as a utility man. He's definitely very versatile. You know, obviously he's not like a power hitter or anything like that, but most utility men aren't. You know what I mean? They're usually, if anything, they're contact hitters, um, and they can really just play any position. I mean that, and that's kind of, you know, you're not going to see guys like. Aaron Judge or, you know, bigger guys that hit for a lot of power, Sanchez, whoever, playing multiple positions because you really need to be a little bit, uh, I guess, I don't want to say limber, but like more more athletic because they're all athletic. But they need to, you need to be more, I guess, versatile. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to see Aaron Judge playing third just because of the way he is. Like he's a, he's a big, strong dude. He's not like the quickest, you know, quickest fielder, I guess. So, those guys tend to be more are more contact hitters and you know speed speedy guys like Torres, Wade, um, so on and so forth. So, but just some interesting stuff. I would say definitely Wade is more I would consider the utility player on the Yanks. But I would you know Lemayhew's kind of borderline there, but he's more of a starter star player. So yeah, he's kind of a unique case because I think most of the guys who you see play multiple positions is because they have a good glove and they have value in that um, but maybe not as much in their bat typically um, right and I mean just not to cut you off but Wade's kind of bat is unproven like he's struggled and he's had his little hot streaks with his yep. bat but I mean he can you know he can bond because because he's so quick so he can bunt for a hit and stuff like that um but i mean, i don't know he's shown signs that he can have a he, he he can hit you know what i mean so it'll be interesting to see if he gets more playing time in the future potentially depending on what the lineup looks like who's healthy and not if he gets more playing time then maybe we'll see uh see how his bad actually is in like a, a full season or at least if he gets more games we can see how how productive he is offensively so it'd be interesting to see for sure. Right. Yeah, I think it would be. Um, I mean, he just kind of needs an opportunity 
to break through and have a role that nobody else can fill for some reason. And he really hasn't had that come together yet. It hasn't been like either he's proven he can do it or an emergency situation where he's gotten enough time to be in a position and over a longer period of time show what he's capable of. Now, here's a hot take, and then I'll let you, if you want to mention a few more honorable mentions um, before we close out here. But hot take, Miguel Andujar could be a utility player. Okay. So, because this year, um, the guy just rode by me on a bike and scared the crap out of me. But that's a (laughs) side note. (laughs) And rolled up on me. um, He wants to get in the pod. Anyway. I don't know. But anyways, um, so Miguel Andujar, back to that. So primarily third baseman, you know, from what we've seen past since he's come up. But he started getting tried out this year before, obviously, the season's, like, uh, postponed left field. And he showed promise there, also first base. And I'm not too sure how that went. But I know he showed some promise in left field. So potentially another utility player and a a one with a really – good offensive bat um so that would be interesting to see how that works out with Andujar because if he's able to play left if he's able to play some outfield some infield third maybe first who knows you know what I mean like if he can because with the roster you know what I mean he may he may especially with her if Urshela continues to perform the way he does he may not have a set like set in stone third base or whatever you know what I mean so maybe he DHs sometimes Maybe he plays some left. Maybe he plays some first, some third. You know what I mean? Like it would be interesting if he's utilized as kind of that utility utility role, um, especially with his offensive bat. It's like the best of both worlds. So it would be, you know, he's his gloves a little bit uh, less stable or less solid than your traditional utility man. But if he's able to play consistently enough or at least decently enough in those couple positions, and then his bat's so good, he might be a little bit of a new new type of utility man so it'd be interesting to see yeah that's a good one too he's kind of like an alfonso soriano type deal um right where soriano was playing second base but um then didn't maybe that wasn't the best fit for him so moved him to the outfield and he did have a great bat and just i think he was a great athlete um maybe not the best fielder but they wanted to find a spot for him so they kind of did that type of thing and anduhar might be in the same place right um yeah and obviously it depends on teams some teams will hang on to a guy longer um just because they don't really have anybody else um i think the yankees generally tend to be in a different situation where they are trying a bunch of guys out or whatever they have more resources to draw on so anyway right i mean the yankees the yankees like backup nine could be a starting nine mlb team which i mean we're fortunate enough you know what i mean like you could have a team comprised of Mike Ford and I mean when Roman was on the team we'll see how Higashioka work, uh, works out as backup catcher this year but you could have you know Roman, Mike Ford, um, Miguel Andujar, Tyler Wade and whoever else Mike Talkman and uh, whoever Tyro Estrada whoever else 
you could have these guys that are, are, are backups for the Yankees for the most part um, or bench guys for the Yankees. You could have them make up a starting nine and probably probably have a decent record. So that's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that that's true. Um, but, yeah, so a couple more guys on here. Got, guys I hadn't really seen. Um, most of them, but people mentioned them when I was looking into this a little bit. So one person that was mentioned was Randy Velarde, um, or Velarde maybe. He was a Yankee from 1987 to 1995, so a little bit before my time. Um, but he was pretty good too. I mean, he played um, a lot for the Yanks. And played second base, shortstop, third base, and a decent amount of outfield, too. Like, I just pulled out two of his seasons, probably two of his better seasons. But 1992, he played 75 games at short, 26 games at third base, 23 games in the outfield, and at least one game at every outfield position. Um, And then 95... He played 111 games, 62 at second base, 28 at shortstop, 20 in the outfield, mostly left, um, and then 19 at third, too. And what one thing I think that's a definition of a good utility guy is it's not like every year they're playing 80% of their games at shortstop and then they get mixed in second and third, whatever, because they can when somebody's given a day off. Some of these guys have shown that, like, one season they're going to play a majority of their games at short, but then another season they can play a majority of their games at second. Maybe another season it's at third. Um, right. So I think they have that, too. That would be a characteristic I'd put in there. Um, so he's one guy. Another guy Dad mentioned, actually, being a utility guys fred chicken stanley who was a yankee from 1983 or 1973 to 1980 um right in dad's era and played most um he played whatever his highest number of games in 1975 and 1976 um again infield guys second base shortstop and third for the most part, but definitely wanted to give dad a shout out because that was his suggestion for this episode was the chicken Stanley. All right. So throwing it back there. Um, yeah. Um, and then some, some, another guy that was mentioned in an article that I read from Yanks go yard. Just want to give them credit. Um, Cause that's where I got this idea from was Gil McDougald who played for the Yankees from 1951 to 1960 um, and this guy was on great teams with Yogi Berra, Phil Rizzuto, Mickey Mantle, Whitey Ford um, oh, so yeah. he was probably had some of the benefit of being with them but again he's kind of more like a DJ guy than like a Miguel Cairo or a Ronald Torres. Um, right, because he was pretty freaking good. His career war war is like a forty point eight. Sorry, career war pretty- is a tough phrase for me to say back to back. <laughs> just to be honest with our audience, um, so 
But, yeah, he never played less than 119 games. Um, He was the rookie of the year in 1951, a five-time All-Star. So that's where he's more like a DJ. Um, I think yeah. then, like I said, he's not like your he's not like your big shiny superstar, but he's like a low key superstar. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's so that's well pretty said. interesting. Um, what was his name again? Gil Gil McDougal. That's a 1950s <laughs> name for you. for sure. Gil Mc <laughs> Gil yeah. He's got a sweet picture on Baseball Reference too. So check that Imagine- out. I mean, I'm sure if John Sterling announced him, it would sound normal because John Sterling's like ancient. But Pat, imagine like Michael K, yeah. like you know, next year and uh, now coming to the plate number, you know, fourteen Gil McDougal, yeah. second. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite fit with the Torreses and the Urshelas and yeah, um, the yeah, but. Um, I'm trying to think what his home run, Sterling home run call would oh, be. Oh, God. For McDougald? Gil hits one over the that's hill. Good, I don't know. That's good. It came up with that quick. Yeah. Gil gives the crowd a thrill or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or, or he would just say something like, uh, whenever, like, Stanton. Oh, God. <laughs> Stanton. He goes, John Carlo, Parmesan. I'm like, what do you, I don't he's, even know. What, yeah. I feel like he's just mumbling. I think he really, <laughs> really reached for that one, which I guess maybe shows you how much effort he actually puts into these calls um either that or i don't know he's a secret genius but that's like an italian (laughs) phrase that means you i looked it up it's like an italian phrase that means you he can't be stopped so it's like john carlo non si può stopparlo something along the lines of he can't be stopped yeah it's a very um it's not the most like it does it doesn't the most traditional no. home run call or like exciting one, but if I if if maybe more people spoke Italian, right. then it would be cool because you'd be like, oh, it can't be stopped, but like it's a little yeah, bit, just sure sounds does. like yeah, it doesn't like it wouldn't be yeah. good on a shirt. It just doesn't. It's not doesn't catch on. It's not like the sock man, the sock, sock man, or man. David John goes long gone. It's a good one, yeah. It's an A-bomb for A-Rod. Yeah, it's a classic. (laughs) So, anyway, yeah, but Gil McDougal, that was a a good one for the Yanks. Um, Otherwise, then there were some bogus ones, I thought. Sorry to call out some people's lists or people they liked, but there were guys on there who just weren't, I mean – they weren't that great. So I don't know what would make them memorable utility players besides the fact that it was like, I don't know. You just didn't know they what played they, a couple positions. Yeah, they could play a couple of positions and it was like kind of fun to watch them play because you didn't know what was going to happen, but it really wasn't that great because they kind of they weren't, weren't great. Good. Um, so one, I saw it mentioned a couple of times and I'm not sure why people seem to love this guy, Homer Bush. Um, he played with the Yankees in the 90s and then maybe like 2001. But he he has less than 100 at-bats as a Yankee. Not games, but at-bats. Um, That's not a lot no, at all. No. So, and he gets invited to Old Timers Day. I mean, I guess good for him, but 
anyway, um, so he's living large and was mentioned as a utility guy. Also, Enrique Wilson, who is memorable for me, um, but his numbers are rough. I just remember him because he was on the Yankees in 01 to 04. Um, and I think yeah. I saw somewhere that he was like a Pedro Martinez killer, supposedly. Um, so, again, good for him on that. Um, and then father of our man, Cody Bellinger, um, Clay Bellinger played Clay. on the Yankees from 99 to 01 um, and played all over the place. I think one season he played at least five games at every position except for catcher. Um, so he could play all over, but again, his offensive numbers just weren't great. Weren't yeah. there. So, I mean, I, I feel like, okay, maybe Bellinger, you could like, cause he played with the team for a few years and he did play all over, you know what I mean? And like we said, sometimes their offensive numbers aren't really that great for utility guys, but it's reaching. But the Homer Bush, like that's to me is like a totally like, reach. Yeah. yeah. hundred at bats. Like I feel like you have to at least play like a freaking <laughs> hundred games like i don't know you know what i mean like, that's crazy yeah i don't know and i've heard him yeah i don't know exactly what it is because i've heard him mentioned a couple times i think it's because he shows up for stuff um which honestly like no fault to that guy he's probably just happy to be there and good for him he's making making the most out of his life played like seven seasons in the major leagues um and now seems to just show up for old timers day seems to be happy to be there and i guess that's it so maybe it's as simple as that for him yeah um but for this episode we're not gonna put him in no not the best utility players no definitely not um well, good. Yeah. Well, this was a nice, light, fun episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll we'll wrap. I mean, unless you got anything else to add, we'll wrap it up here. Keep it nice and short and sweet for the uh, listeners. Yeah. We'll keep it. I think that's good. Keep it short and sweet. Um, we'll. If you have any other thoughts, or you want to give me some evidence as to why Homer Bush should be considered a quality Yankees utility man, hit us up on Instagram. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're not afraid to have some comments there. So let us know. Yeah. Your Let's go underscore Yanks. Follow us. Send us your hate mail. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, we'll t- take anything. Um, but no, I thanks, brother. I think this was good. And we'll be back on Sunday. We'll throw out another pod. Yeah, all uh, unless something crazy happens in my schedule, that should, you know, that should be good. Uh, stand by for Sunday's episode. Um, not exactly sure what it's going to be on yet. Todd will have to discuss that. Got a couple ideas, but uh, just yeah, tune in. Surprise so. to everybody. Yeah, surprise to us. Surprise to you. Maybe we'll just wing it. Right, like John Sterling's home run calls. There All you right. go. All right, brother. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, good stuff. Good yeah. times. And I uh, look forward to. Uh, doing it again all right days. let's go yanks have a good shift joe thanks all right let's go yanks all right see ya